You're listening to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. My name is Sammy Reyes, and as a college student and entrepreneur, I'm always looking for a little more passion in my life. On this podcast, my guests and I will teach you the tools to help you fashion your passion. Let's get to it. This is episode 99, and I just cannot believe that we made it here. It's funny how I wanted to have these episodes out 99, 100, 101, 9, 10 months ago. But you know, life changes and we're not really prepared for everything that's going to happen to us. Unfortunately, the podcast just had to be pushed to the back burner. But I am so, so, so glad that we are back up and running and episode 99 is here. I know I say this so much, but I'm a very reflective person. And so for me, it's just each time I think about this, it is so crazy to believe that I stuck with it, to believe that I was able to find the time for my passions. I was able to realize what my true passions were and continue the things that I actually wanted to continue. And funny enough, that's today's theme for the show. We have on Katie, who is doing it all. She's a grad student. She's an author, entrepreneur. She has a full-time job. And she's really showing how when you're passionate about something, you will pursue it to no end. We talk about her crazy schedule and how she gets everything done in the week and really what inspired her to continue to pursue all of it. This conversation was really, really close to my heart, and it really showed me that passion looks different for everyone, and that passion can really encourage you and motivate you in more times than you think to do the things that you didn't think you would be able to do. I hope that you are so excited about this episode, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for the past 99 episodes, the past three years of pure inspiration, motivation, and I am just so grateful. As always, do not forget to leave a rating and review. If you are on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hit that five-star rating and leave a review. I read them all. If you leave your Instagram account, I will DM you personally, and sometimes we even post them on our Instagram. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you, and enjoy episode 99. Katie, welcome. Hi, Sammy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to get going and talk about all the things that I do and trying to manage it all because it can certainly be a challenge. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. If you could just first tell my listeners a little bit more about who you are and all the things that you do. Sure. I am from Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is in Canada. And I am a poet, an entrepreneur, a published author, a communications and marketing professional. I'm a grad student right now working on my master's and a huge travel junkie as well. So for me right now, I'm working full-time in the field of public relations and marketing. At night, I'm working through grad school to finish a master's degree in public relations. I recently published a book of poetry about the pandemic, and I'm building a business right now around self-publishing consultation services, as well as a few other online businesses. So 
Yeah, there's a lot going on right now, but it's been a really rewarding process to start seeing your work come to light and be able to help other people doing work that you're passionate about. And for those listening, obviously I was clearly not lying when I said she was doing it all because she is. But Katie, first of all, I commend you for doing it all. Clearly, you're so passionate about each and every one of the things you do. And so it's not like you're doing it for no reason and it's not sort of hindering your joy. But also, I want to know, like, what made you decide to do all the things? You know, was there something where it was like, maybe you got the job and you started working and then you're like, hmm, I kind of want to go back to grad school and sort of get my master's or obviously your book of poetry was off of the pandemic and quarantine and stuff like that. But how did the process go for you? Of This is where I've ended up. Like This is a situation I'm in doing all the things at the same time. So for me, I've always been a very entrepreneurial person. So I just always kind of had that fire in my belly to work for myself and to manage my own time and provide my own services and value to the world. So I've always had that urge and wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. I've also always been a writer and I've always written poetry since I was young. So what sort of happened for me, 2020 was a really pivotal year where we were put into lockdown and I found that just working from home, I actually had so much time to spare. So I started writing poetry every day. I was dealing with some difficult things at the time with the isolation, the uncertainty that the whole world was facing. I had just left a very abusive relationship. So I took that time to go inward and to write to process these things. And then I started to realize like, hey, this could actually be a book. I could put this together. So I wrote the book. I then spent probably about six or seven months researching how to self-publish. And I self-published the book. And through that process, I realized how passionate I was about that whole process of self-publishing. And that's how I realized, okay, I actually want to help other people do this because it's very empowering to be able to take your story and put it into a book and put it out there into the world. And so that's sort of how that piece of the business came to be. And in terms of doing my master's, I kind of got the drive to do that. Just thinking about owning a self-publishing business or even doing consulting work in public relations and marketing, it helps to have that credibility of the master's degree. Helps me learn more about digital marketing and all these things. So again, during the pandemic, things seemed to be a bit slower. You know, I didn't have the commute twice a day. We just had more time to spare. So that's when I started the master's. And kind of went from there. So I think for me, my goal is self-employment eventually. But for right now, it's that balancing act of all of these things, the full-time work, the grad school, the online business and book promotion. But it's been really rewarding for me to be in that role. And it kind of affirmed to me that entrepreneurship is the right path for me. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100% because right now, I'm also like in school, obviously undergrad is a little less tedious than master's. I'm doing undergrad, I'm working and I'm trying to develop a business. I totally understand where you're coming from. How did you get introduced to entrepreneurship and sort of what was your initial thought on it? How did you come to love it if it didn't happen at first? I think for me, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of books about entrepreneurship and business. So 
it's one of those things where I think if you're interested in it and then you really start to saturate your mind with this topic, you get more interested in it. It just becomes more part of your life. But I've always craved the freedom of creating your own schedule, scheduling your own time and doing work that I care about, that I'm passionate about. And so for me, some of the things that I'm most passionate about, there aren't necessarily a lot of jobs. For example, I want to help people self-publish their books. That's not necessarily a job that exists, but through entrepreneurship, I can create that business myself and I can then run the business however I see fit. And entrepreneurship's always really intrigued me and just in terms of setting the prices, like how much money you can make and just really the independence and freedom to do things your way. And I'm sure that you find that as well. It's exciting and so rewarding to be able to go out and do this yourself. So yeah, I think I've just been exposed to it through a lot of my reading and podcasts. It's just the input that I take in. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. My dad was like a, I guess you can say part-time entrepreneur. Like he had his own business, but he was also working a job like you. But really my biggest exposure was books and podcasts and following those people on social media and really getting influenced by them. So basically for me, I had come to a point about a year and a half ago where I was like, if I'm becoming an entrepreneur, why does school matter so much? If I can do X, Y, and Z on my own, why do I need the education for? So like, I know you touched on it a little bit, but like, where was that sort of thinking for you in terms of obviously credibility helps, but like in terms of it would benefit me in the long run to get my master's in order to succeed in sort of my entrepreneurial role? Yeah, I think that's such a good question and such a good point to bring up because entrepreneurs often struggle with this idea of, okay, am I going to go pay for thousands of dollars for this education when actually that might not necessarily be the exact skills that I need? And that's something that I have struggled with as well, where when you're doing any kind of degree, but probably especially a master's, it's very academic. And entrepreneurs generally want more practical, tactical skills and strategies. So in academia, you don't always find that. And so there's certain skill sets that I actually have to teach myself on my own that I don't come across in my degree at all. So for example, graphic design, using Adobe Suite, for you, even podcast editing, I'm sure you've kind of got to teach yourself that video editing, all that kind of stuff. So I think to be an entrepreneur and do these things, you have to be able to be a self-taught as well. You need to do independent learning. I guess the benefit of the academic side for me is one, as you say, it's the credibility. So if you want to be in consulting work for public relations and communications like I'm doing and help people self-publish their books, well, I also help people market their books. So having the master's level in that field is really helpful for me. And it does give me that good foundational understanding. And it also was a personal goal of mine to get done. But I think people really need to think about their business and if that is relevant for them and if it is worth it to them. And really look at the programs because maybe there might be a more practical program that might be better for you. It depends on the person. But what I would say as well is that if you are just getting started as an entrepreneur, then upgrading your education or having an undergrad, having a master's, whatever it might be, that never hurts as a fallback plan as well. So if you're an entrepreneur that 
you're building your business on the side, but you're still working full time. Well, this education is going to help you get jobs in the years that you're building your business. And it's probably going to help you earn more during that time. So there are pros and cons, but certainly there's benefits to formal academic education. Oh, I definitely agree. I'm glad I stuck out. I mean, I have what, a year and a half left of school. I'm glad I'm sticking it out for the long haul because A, it's like I get that college experience and I'm able to like make new friends and join organizations that I may not have been a part of and gain those connections. But also it's at the end of the day, I like to learn. And so once I switched my major to something that I actually was most passionate in, that's when I like started to enjoy learning again. And so I definitely feel the need or like I see the need for at least an undergraduate degree. You know, that's sort of like the baseline. And then any higher, higher ed can be at one's discretion. But I want to like ask the big question of like, how do you manage it all? Because, you know, from what I've seen and like, obviously you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like each part of what you've shown to the public at least is fully functioning, right? You're doing great as a grad student. This book is doing great. Your entrepreneurial business is also doing well and you're committing time to that. And then you have a full-time job on top of that all. So what have you learned through the process of trying to navigate it all? How has that been? And also what is your best advice for people who maybe want to add something onto their plate? And it's like, is that too much? Is that enough? So it is a lot to take on. I think for me, the way that I try to manage it is, to be honest, number one, I usually get up pretty early. For me, working out is a really key part of my mental health and managing everything in my schedule. So I've been getting up at 5.30 a.m. and doing early morning workouts. So then that's done before I start the workday. It kind of elongates your day, gives you more time, and also starts your day with that boost of energy. And so you're clear as soon as you start the day, you're mentally clear and energized. But I'm quite scheduled, as you can imagine. So I time block my calendar and I put reminders in there. So I do try to set aside time to specifically work on my business or, okay, it's a school day, it's a school weekend setting the time apart there. I would recommend if you're trying to build up a social media following, which is a big part of what I'm doing right now, is to batch create your content. So maybe you set aside a day like every Sunday or every Wednesday evening, you create a bunch of content for your TikTok, your Instagram, whatever platforms is relevant to your audience. And then that way, when you're so busy during the week, all of this content's already made, you schedule it, it goes out, that's done and out of your mind. But what I would say is that you have to be careful juggling all of these things because burnout is a very real thing. I'm sure you experience it as well when you're doing all this stuff. That's something that I've been challenged with lately is after you've been doing the grad school and the working and the business and these things for a while, you do start to feel that burnout. You know, you start to kind of feel yourself dwindling down your energy. And so you really need to take care of yourself. And sometimes it might be that you have to take something out of the mix. You might need to take less classes next semester, or you might just take a few less clients because ultimately you need to take care of your mental health first and foremost, in my opinion. So there's some things that you might have to drop, but I think for the most part, just trying to create that routine, have a solid schedule that you're working off of, and make sure you have time for fun things. 
schedule your fun things as well, you know, like schedule your time with your friends, with your family, going for a walk or going to yoga, reading, whatever it is. Schedule the fun stuff too. And don't be afraid to take things out of your schedule when you need to. What has your relationship been like with boundaries and how do you sort of set them in terms of when you're ending all work and like when you wake up in the morning, yes, you wake up early and you work out, but like, do you start work right after that? Or do you give yourself an extra hour after your workout to like welcome in the day and like breathe for a minute? How do your boundaries work now? And how have you developed that relationship that has gotten to now? Boundaries are very important. And I'm glad that you brought that up. So after I work out, I generally do have a little bit of flex time in between going to the office where I'm making my breakfast, I'm getting ready. It's slow enough. You know, I might try to do some reading and some personal development reading and kind of get myself in the mindset. I'll also listen to podcasts on my way to work. But if I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed, I won't listen to something entrepreneurial related. I'll listen to something just more self-care related. But I think you do have to be careful with this kind of a workload that you're not getting so overwhelmed. One boundary that I do like to set is when I'm spending time with my partner, for example, or my family, not to really answer emails or DMs or anything. I don't answer work emails on the weekends. I don't answer them on the evenings. I know some people do. And maybe depending on your field, you need to. Generally, I don't. And when I'm on vacation or traveling, I basically check out mentally for those four or five days or whatever it might be. I actually just got back from Montreal yesterday, last night. Went there for a long weekend with some friends for my birthday weekend. And it was great because I basically wasn't engaging on my phone. I wasn't doing emails, wasn't answering DMs even. And for my brand and my business, that's okay. Maybe for some people, they'd have trouble with that. But it's that recharge where you just check out for a couple of days. So that's an important boundary for me. And I think another boundary you set is be cognizant of your workload and schedule and don't be afraid to say no. You can't provide everything to everyone all the time. So sometimes you just need to say, no, I am really busy right now. I can't take you on or I can't help you with this right now, but in the future, perhaps. Yeah, I definitely agree. Right now for me, like in this next two weeks before our Thanksgiving over here, it's like I'm just trying to get everything together, trying to get everything done and make sure everything's set up that way because Yes, Thanksgiving is only a day, but I've decided I'm leaving the Friday before to go to like family in New York and I'm going to be there the entire week. And so if I can limit as much work as I need to like not do as possible, it benefits me in the long run because, you know, I haven't seen my New York family since I was there last in July. Week is a long time, but also it's a short time because there's a bunch of things we're doing. So that is sort of like how I establish it, which is why like my to do list is like three pages this week because I'm like, I just need to do it all. Yeah. Walk us through like a typical day in your life. So you go to the office like five days a week, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah. I guess a typical day would be I would get up at 5.30 and I go to Orange Theory at 6.30. I think you guys have Orange Theory in the US as well, right? I go to Orange Theory. It's just a quick workout, get it done, move on with your day, shower, get ready have my breakfast and head to the office. So I work in the office from nine to five, basically. Then I either come home, go for a walk or 
typically get back on my computer and either work on some schoolwork or work on my business. And so, like I said, I typically try to content batch on the weekends, but you know, a couple nights a week I have classes. One of my classes is in person and the other one's online. I don't know if you guys are in person for school as well. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Right now, yeah. That's kind of new going back to that, but it's good going to university and studying, coming home late. But a lot of days are long. There's a lot of days where the day starts at 5.30 and it might end at 10.30 or 11 because I'm on my computer or on my phone answering emails, trying to build relationships with potential clients on Instagram, for example, or uploading content to TikTok, maybe editing my website, maybe making video content to promote my book, making a video, reading my poetry, whatever it might be. It's a ton of content creation is really the phase that I'm in right now. And if I have a client that I am working with, then you know it's a video call in the evening as well. And then I have to find time to eat and you know, <laughs> yes. go grocery shopping and clean my apartment, unpack my suitcase from Montreal, which I still have not done, but that's okay because that can wait. So I guess that's probably a typical day for me. I love that so much. A lot of the time, I know for me, especially like you mentioned burnout before, there are moments, there are days where it's a super long day and like you're just already exhausted from the beginning of the day. And it's like you still have work to do, even though you like don't want to do anything in the world. How do you sort of work up the, not necessarily courage, but I guess the energy to sort of be like, even though I'm completely exhausted and just so out of it, if I get these things done, it's still going to be worth it. What are like the things for you that you're like, I'm looking forward to X or like whatever the way it works for you, like the things that are like X is worth it because I'm going to have Y or something like that. Absolutely. And that's so real because you do have those moments where you're exhausted, you don't want to do it. So I think the most important thing here, number one, you have to have a really solid why and you have to think about that why in that moment. For example, for me, my why is what motivates me and helps me to continue with my discipline and achieving all these goals at once. If not, it would be easy to say, well, I'm just going to do my master's another time or just cut my classes for a few semesters or I'll work on my business another time. Like It's too busy right now. But you have to remember your why and then that really motivates you. So for me, a big part of my why is the pursuit of financial freedom and independence and self-employment. It's extremely important to me because it helps me to create the lifestyle that I want to create, which is a life with more flexibility and more freedom and remote work so that I would be able to, because like I said, huge travel junkie. So a massive value for me is to be able to travel and move around. and. When you are operating your own business as an entrepreneur, yes, you are very busy, but you control where you operate from, where you run that business from. In those moments, I remind myself, if I don't work on this business, if I don't put in the time in the evenings, those dreams are not going to be realized. I'm not going to be able to have that freedom to live the lifestyle that I want to live. So the best advice is... You need a why, number one, and you should have it somewhere where you can see it in your office. Like I have it written out on a big whiteboard here 
I look at it every day because you need to build a relationship with your goals. You need to be thinking them, reading them out loud, having that in your mind every day. And that's what keeps you on track and disciplined. The idea that I've come back to it is because of that why. So I agree 100%. I want to roll into the final question of this podcast because I'm very conscious of everyone's time as we're talking about time. But based off of the title, which is Fashion Your Passion Podcast, what is one tip that you would give those who are dreaming based off of how you have fashioned your passion? I love that question. Think about the moments in your life that felt the most meaningful to you. The moments where you felt most alive and lit up and passionate and fulfilled and the most like your authentic self. And that is a great indicator that that is what you're supposed to be doing. And I think some people, sometimes you have trouble finding what that passion might be, you know. So think about those moments and that is going to guide you into the work that you're meant to do and the work that is going to be most fulfilling to you. And the other piece I would say is a lot of us have a lot of doubts about ourselves and our worth and these feelings of imposter syndrome. And I'd say just try to work through that as much as you can and remember that your voice and your help and your services, whatever you feel you have to offer is valid and it is needed. And it's meant for someone else to hear or to receive. I really believe everyone has an individual gift that is meant for a certain audience. So don't feel that just because there's many other clothing brands or there's many other books out in the world or there's many other people doing this or that, don't feel that what you have to offer doesn't matter because it does and it's worth it. I guess good luck to everyone out there starting their businesses or continuing working on them. It's a really rewarding journey. Absolutely. I love that advice so much. It definitely is so helpful and so true. Where can people find you on social, on the web, all the things? And please, please plug your book as well. Okay. You can find me. My website is katiefeltmate.com. But you can find me on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook at Ocean Shores and Metaphors. That is my sort of poetry author title page. And it's an ode to where I live. I live in Nova Scotia, which is surrounded by the ocean on the East Coast. So Ocean Shores and Metaphors, you'll find me on TikTok, Instagram. So I guess, yeah, the book is called Love in the Age of Quarantine. It is a book of poetry that I wrote during 2020, during the pandemic. And it's broken up into four sections that are called Isolation, Excavation, Holding Hands and Linking Arms. And it's a journey of self-love and healing after a really tough time in my life at the beginning there. So I think there's a lot of relatable stuff in there for anyone who struggled during the pandemic. The book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indigo, all kinds of places. And if you follow me on Instagram or check my website, you'll find it. I'd love for anyone to connect, anyone who's thinking about self-publishing or has an interest in poetry, definitely connect with me online. Yes, and all of her links will be down below so you can easily click on them and head over there and follow her and go get her book. Katie, thank you so much for coming on. It has been a pleasure talking to you. And for those who are listening, I will talk to you guys next week. 